Hello everybody, welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 9, issue 417, and today we're going to talk about Marvel's Spider-Man. That's the 2018 game, and joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 417 are Brian Edwards. The only American, so I'll play the role of J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, I was just about to introduce J. James uh, Carterson, or something like that. <laughs> um, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> More on J. Jonah Jameson later. And Joshua Garrity. Hello. I, I was thinking of ascribing you each a Spider-Man villain from the Hall of uh, Hall of Fame, but um, I didn't get around to it, probably just as well. <laughs> just only James. Only James is insulted by the intro. <laughs> so Marvel Spider-Man 2018. We'll just call it Spider-Man or Spidey from here on, probably. Um, it is a third-person action-adventure starring the famous comic book superhero and a couple of other playable characters as well. It is Insomniac's PS4 exclusive follow-up to its Xbox One exclusive Sunset Overdrive, which we covered in issue 206. And it is the, I believe, the 37th video game featuring the web-slinging New Yorker's name in the title. But of course, Spider-Man has also appeared in dozens of other games, almost countless, from Marvel superheroes and Lego games and even unofficial appearances in things like the Super Shinobi or the Revenge of Shinobi in the early versions of that when Sega were not worried about upsetting lawyers um, <laughs> and uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance and who knows, um, Marvel versus Capcom 3 and so on and so on and so on. Spidey has appeared in a lot of games. It is also, I would say, despite me not having played them, a spiritual successor to the much-loved Spider-Man by Neversoft from the year 2000, PS1 and others, and Spider-Man 2, Treyarch, 2004, PS2, GameCube and Xbox. The Walking Dad from the forum says, This is the game that I wanted Spider-Man 2 to be, just about every moment I wasn't swinging around the PS2 version of New York. And while there are still a few obvious seams in Insomniac's latest the whole is pretty spectacular. So yeah, Insomniac Games of briefest brief history, uh, they established in 1996 and their first game was first-person shooter Disruptor on the PS1, uh, which made a small splash at the time, but it did well enough for them to carry on and uh, start making their own IPs, most notably Spyro the Dragon, which has, of course, since gone on to be uh, created by other people, Ratchet and Clank, which they are still making, I guess, whether they'll ever do any more, I don't know. Uh, the Resistance trilogy on the PS3 and the aforementioned Sunset Overdrive, all their own IPs. This is their first licensed game, I believe. Uh, it uses, though, Insomniac's proprietary engine, previously used in Sunset Overdrive, and modified to support 4K and HDR for the 2016 Ratchet and Clank. Sony published it. It's a PlayStation thing uh, directed by well the credits on this game are massive as you'd expect it's a big triple a production with insomniac and sony notably one of the directors brian horton i think is the lead visual director was the lead director on tomb raider 2013 and uh, then you've got the likes of brian intihar who worked on insomniac's previous name titles as you'd expect 
and uh, the writers, neither of whom had written for a game before, I believe, Benjamin Arfman and Kelsey Beecham. I don't know if they're known in the world of comics or Marvel or anything like that. Forgive my ignorance. But I know that Kelsey Beecham has gone on to write for The Outer Worlds, I believe. And uh, John Pisano is the composer for the music. Also, uh, a few previous works for Mass Effect Andromeda and Gran Turismo Sport. And as well as this in 2018 was part of the uh, the composers who worked on Detroit Become Human, which we've got coming up soon. The game came out in September 2018. It's PlayStation 4 only. Chase210 from the forum says, I <laughs> I inadvertently ended up buying the Spider-Man PS4 Pro, <laughs> the special edition with statue and a regular copy of the game that came with the console. I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he posted a picture of the loot, the swag, and it, it does all look very nice and shiny there with all the uh, Spider-Man logos and livery on it. I don't know if the console itself. Yes, the console itself is red with yeah, yeah. a white spider on it. So, yeah, the game reviewed very well with 96% of critics recommending it with an average score, according to Open Critic, of 88%. One notable outlier was Rick Lane of The Guardian, who said uh, this game wears thin sometime before its powerful conclusion and gave it three stars. That's the, uh, the most critical I could find. Punters love it. Users on Push Square, the PlayStation site, 9.1 out of 10 from over 100 ratings and over on IMDb from 10,000 people who have registered a vote. It's got 9.3 out of 10. It does seem to me that, as you would probably expect, although IMDb keeps a pretty comprehensive database of, of games uh, from certainly from the, the modern era on it, you would imagine that the people who habit that particular website and rate games are probably those who are going to be more inclined to like cinematic experiences. So yeah. I always feel like their scores tend to be slightly weighted in, in that direction. But I guess that's what this is. A anyway, commercially, it did rather well. It became the fastest selling PlayStation 4 game of all time. Probably still is, I guess, two years later. I'm not certain. Uh, it sold 3.3 million copies within three days. And as of August 2019, it had sold 13.2 million copies, but here we are now in at the time of recording May 2020. The game has very recently or possibly is currently on sale at around £15 on PSN. Yeah. When we know that digital copies now account for at least half of sales, you can probably add a good number onto those 13.2 yeah. million copies, maybe double it. I don't know. Who knows? Because they still won't tell us. So, yeah, our histories for this one, obviously, it's only a two-year-old game. We know what formats we played it on. Uh, so I'm also interested in our relationship with the character and any earlier Spidey games had we always wanted to dive into the world of Spider-Man, the New York of Spider-Man, at least, the Manhattan. Um, and Brian, you've already mentioned you played the 2004 mm. game. What else is your is in your Spidey past? Um, I actually think my first Spider-Man game was uh, the Spider-Man and the Sinister Six on the NES. Um, wow. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've had a, a long history with Spider-Man and video games. Um, one of my favorite uh, Spider-Man games. It's actually quite a below-average beat-em-up in retrospect was the game Maximum Carnage. And, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I had it for Super Nintendo. It was also on Genesis. So I've been playing Spider-Man games for a while, and um, I was really excited for this. I, I didn't get it on launch day because 
Um, it came out in early September. My birthday is in the end of September, and my wife had stated previously, hey, don't buy that game, so I didn't buy that game. Um, so I waited for, for, for a few weeks to play it, and yeah, I got it on my birthday, thankfully, thanks to my uh, generous gift from my wife, and, and played it through pretty much exclusively. I think it, over the course of the next week or so, I played through the main, uh, the main campaign. Um, hadn't really gone back to it until preparation for this show, um, so I didn't didn't really revisit it in the two years that have passed, or the almost two years that have passed. Um, but yeah, I was really excited to to jump into uh, Spider Man. I had uh, played uh, Insomniac's previous game, Sunset Overdrive, on the Xbox, and while I wasn't a fan in total of that game, I really loved the way the character moves. So that was probably the big standout of that game. So I was really excited to see some of those concepts applied to Spider Man, and uh, yeah, so. Yeah, pretty much. It was a day one purchase, essentially, but I didn't really start playing it until a few weeks after. Mm-hmm. James, how about you and the webbed wonder? So I actually picked this up on the 8th of September, the day after. So clearly the hype and my wanting to uh, see a, a good version of this character kind of overwhelmed me. In terms of my history with Spider-Man games, I've played far more of the games where Spider-Man is not the title character. Uh, but yeah. is in the games, as you mentioned, Leon. I definitely have had hands-on Spider-Man 2 at some point. When and where, I could make guesses at, but it's not really important. Uh, but I'd not played, uh, um, I don't think, any of the others, aside from Spider-Man 2, uh, off the top of my head. But with this game, I picked up the day after launch, and by the 11th of September, yes, four days later, <laughs> I'd got the Platinum Trophy. I absolutely <laughs> blitzed through this game as soon as I started playing it. Literally, the first moment you can input any kind of uh, control into the game, I was just, my breath was taken away. Um, I played through the game to platinum within the four days. Uh, and then I went back to it when the first DLC drop happened, which would have been October, I believe. I think it was mm-hmm. October, November, right. December. And I played through the story of that and always intended to go back, but just never uh, did to either finish up the other stuff to do in that first DLC or second and third until this week when in preparation for the show, I picked up and completed uh, everything in the first DLC and then the story parts of the second and third DLCs. Yeah, so so that's where I'm at. Not quite 100% trophies, but did get the platinum. Josh, you a Spidey fan? Uh, I feel like that's a bit of an understatement, actually. I think I'm a I'm a Spidey super fan. Um, right. My love of the character. This is one of those situations where my love of the character started as like a young young kid, like getting toys and watching the animated series during the nineties, um, and then like as a slightly older kid when the Sam Raimi film started coming out with Tobey Maguire as the lead. I think I was. Um, 12 when the, the first spider f- first spider-man came out but yeah and exactly yeah. like just perfect age for that that kind of film and um yeah i just like i have tried to absorb as much of spider-man that has been put out into the culture as humanly possible so um i really i've never i haven't revisited it in a long long time so i have no idea how my opinion will have evolved or changed on on these games, but I really enjoyed the NeverSoft uh, 2000 release uh, back in yeah. the day. Mm. Um, I even played the slightly disappointing sequel to that, Enter Electro, um, and had a lot of yeah. fun kind of unlocking all the costumes and stuff in there. 
um, Spider-Man One, the 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 Spider-Man movie game for the first film, yeah. uh, played that. It's not very good, but <laughs> I played through it, completed it, um, and then Spider-Man Two, obviously, which I think is has the most kind of direct connection to this title. Um, I I really adored, um, especially for the the physics-based swinging that um, this game um, takes and evolves, um, and uh, like. This year was like, it felt like, oh my God, this is the year of Spider-Man. Because not only have we got a uh, Spider-Man game being created by Insomniac coming out in 2018, we've got Enter the Spider-Verse coming out in 2018 as well. And it was like, I was being like bombarded with um, this imagery and these characters that I just really, really love. And Homecoming and Far From Home either side. Yeah, exactly. And Infinity Um, War and Endgame as well, notably. uh, Well, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, There's something about the character. um, uh, Like, it felt like uh, video games, for for obvious reasons, had been fixated with the the dark Avenger-style superhero. So, like, stuff like Infamous, uh, Prototype... Um, and even the Batman, like Batman doesn't kill, but like even the Batman Arkham series is kind of evoking that kind of dark, gritty, it's gothic era. and horror. Almost, and there's yeah. something so refreshing about Peter Parker's personality in contrast with that, of that just kind of bright, colorful, compassionate, but also humorous hero. Um, and I, I was desperate to get my hands on this game. I was day one pre-order, like I rarely pre-order games, but I pre-ordered this one and consumed it with in, in its entirety within like the space of four days. I think I just, I was really in the pocket for this. Um, the DLC came out, played all of that. And, uh, in the run up to this, uh, recording, I played through the entire single player, uh, campaign again. Oh, nice. Yeah, so uh, forgive the indulgence for my history in in this because uh, I kind of I realised while putting the show together that my attachment to Spider Man is perhaps greater than I'd given it credit for. So I'm not really a big comics guy, uh, but I did have when I was a kid a summer Spider Man summer special that they used, they used to release these sort of slightly larger format, uh, thicker comics every now and again. And I can't remember why I got it. I think it was just, you know, a trip to the newsagent and I picked it up and my mum bought it for me or something. But it was a reprint of the original origin story. So I had that as a kid, maybe five, six years old. And then thinking forward, I remembered that the first film Tanya, my partner and I ever went to see was the Sam Raimi Spider-Man in 2002. Mm. And since then, she and I have been to the cinema to see what? Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi one. We skipped the Sam Raimi third one. We've seen both amazing Spider-Man films. We've seen both MCU Spider-Man films. We've seen Enter Spider-Verse. We've seen all the MCU films with Spider-Man in. So actually, I've got quite a lot going on with Spider-Man. So it's weird that although my early Spider-Man games that I remember were The Amazing Spider-Man versus Kingpin on the Mega Drive uh, Genesis game, which was uh, quite well regarded at the time, but possibly hasn't aged very well. I then kind of skipped all the others, all those highly regarded PS1 and PS2 era games. And then also interesting stuff, sort of (laughs) stuff that was received without enormous fanfare, but, you know, had a certain amount of interest from the, the 
comic book superhero fan community, things like Spider-Man, Friend or Foe and Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, Web of Shadows and all those things. And it, uh, it's kind of surprising that none of us here has ever played any of those mm. if we haven't. Yeah, no, no. I'm... I... It's hard, isn't it? I've, I mean, I dabbled with a few of them. Like, I, okay. I played um, Shattered Dimensions for about oh, two hours. Um, I just didn't like it. I, I liked bits of it. It just felt a little bit like puzzle pieces being jammed together that didn't quite fit, fit right. if that makes sense. There are lots yeah. of cool ideas, but didn't it's hang It's interesting together. looking back at it now in a post-Spider-Verse movie world, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. This was actually seven, eight years before that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, I know a lot of negative stuff has been said, particularly about the second one of the, the, the rebooted Amazing Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield movies. But those two games came out and I just don't remember anything about them. They're made by Beanox and Other Ocean uh, and they came to multiple platforms. But I just don't recall any real sort of buzz for them. So I think part of the... well. Leaving aside the games themselves, I haven't played them, so I can't speak to the quality. I didn't hear great things about them, so that kind of speaks to maybe why I wasn't intrigued to try yeah. them out. But yeah, the the Spider-Man games are licensed in in much the same way this, the Amazing Spider-Man films only existed because in order to retain the film license for the character, yeah. Sony had to mm -hmm. make a film, which is why there's a slightly larger gap, but then you very quickly get Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Obviously, Sony wanted them to be a success. I enjoy those films for specific things that are very different to other Spider-Man films, the reason I might enjoy them. Me too, them. agreed, um, for all their flaws. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a different uh, Peter Parker in that versus Tobey Maguire's and etc. The games, it kind of felt, I don't know the legal side of it, it felt like it was the same thing where Activision had to make a game every so often to meet a deadline. And I don't think, yeah. as much as constraints can cause blossoming creativity i don't think those constraints by the reputation of those games necessarily served the companies that were asked to develop these games terribly yeah. well it felt like there there was definitely when this game was announced when people were talking about it when uh, brian intahar and bill roseman from marvel games uh brian intahar from insomniac as you mentioned leon those were kind of the mm. two people talking about this when they were talking about it it was almost always spider-man 2 the game the Treyarch's game that they were reaching back yes, for as their touchstone right. because that's the one that people yeah. said came closest to what they wanted Spider a Spider-Man game to be being Spider-Man yeah. in the way that um, Arkham Asylum captured that for a lot of people I, myself and Josh I think yes. for example about yeah. Batman yeah. yeah me too I was going to say the yeah. same thing like it just that like I, I compare it to the lead up to Arkham Asylum to where it just yeah. It didn't feel like another licensed product. I mean, at at its core, yeah. it is another licensed product. It's a it's a licensed video game. But like, you know, there was there was a a long stretch there in that kind of PS2 to PS3 transition. The original Xbox versus every mm. kind of major franchise was getting these licensed products that were just B games at best and at worst, you know, kind of are, are, you know uh, uh, messes. And but the lead up to this game, it just it just reminds me of the lead up to Arkham Asylum, where like. From the minute you saw footage, from the minute you heard people talking about it, it just felt different. It felt more professional. Yeah. It felt like it was taking the source material seriously, which is something we we joke about a lot when it comes to, like to, it's comic books, you know, and they're they're these fantastic stories. But like the reason that they have such a fandom is because there's people, whether or not they're ridiculous or silly or however, but like there's people who to take these seriously for what they are and really oh, enjoy yeah. the characters. And I'm one of those people. So yeah. when you see mm -hmm. the creatives 
talking about it from that perspective and not from uh well you know there's a new movie coming out so we had to have a tie-in you know it just right from yeah. the jump it just it was marketed in such a way that you just kind of could feel it was going to be something different than that yeah mm. and i i just i the moment it was announced that insomniac were going to be the developers for this it just felt like and i haven't loved every game that insomniac have put out mm. um i you know sure. i really love crack in time i really love resistance free but you know their their track record is kind of all over the place but it just felt like a good fit like the personality mm. of that studio fit the personality of spider-man yeah and and everything they put out in terms of like devlogs and and uh, video interviews and stuff, it's it's really hard to like you can't really explain um, how you can sense that people actually love and respect something, but you know it when you see it and you can feel it. Like you yeah. could just get that sense that oh, this is this is someone talking from a position of actually caring. Mm. Like, it's not mm. just, um, I I had to make a Spider-Man game because Sony told me to. Like, I jumped at this opportunity and I wanted to be involved. That's, yeah. that's so refreshing. And I think that mention of Arkham Knight there is also similar, uh, or relevant, I should say, in that this game has a similar relationship to other incarnations of the same character and media that Arkham Knight does in that it has strong references, links, mm. nods, winks to other incarnations, but it is also its own set of characters and its own version of events. Having said that, at this point in the story, we we pick up in 2018, Spider-Man is meant to be 23. He's been in. He's been Spider-Maning for eight years, so he is not Tom Holland. He is not Andrew Garfield. He's not Sam Raimi, and he's not any specific Spider-Man or Peter Parker from no. the comics. Important to say. Yeah, yeah. We'll issue a spoiler alert before we talk any further about the plot. There are a few major events which would definitely be considered spoilers, and also because <laughs> we keep having to do this, um, a content warning just because. And it hadn't really crossed my mind that this would come up for Marvel's Spider-Man. But there are scenes which are to do with uh, an evil, deadly virus being let loose upon the city, turning people crazy. And so the game does contain viral epidemic sort of imagery and anxiety. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's about all that needs to be said about that. So, yeah, we start in media res. Spider-Man is already kicking butt in a rather spectacular fashion even though he doesn't get all his skills removed from him far from it the tutorial is actually feels like a final boss fight um you're basically taking down wilson fisk right yep. at the beginning of the game yeah. which is quite, quite quite a bold way to open i would say yeah i think that nods to it being uh an, not necessarily an amalgam it's its own version of spider-man that universe but um even in the tutorial there's nods to he hangs upside down next to uh, one of the characters and says shall yeah. we kiss now you know there's mm. little nods like that and i think yeah that speaks to the way they open this as it being the culmination of eight years of facing off against wilson fisk more or less not necessarily but it's the end of it feels to to peter parker like the end of a chapter of his life as spider-man and to yeah. to see the the end of that says okay 
you've seen loads of Spider-Man stuff. You know what that is. You know what a battle versus Wilson Fisk might look like, what a, a campaign against him might look like. This is a moment of triumph. Now let's see where this Spider-Man goes from from now because very few versions of Spider-Man that we see across outside of comic books across all the other uh, mediums are older Spider-Man. Batman, we get older Batman a lot of the time. Uh, Spider-Man, we don't. It's always from the perspective of being the kids mm. for several reasons. Um, and in this case, it puts a nice little, not a cap on, but it says, here's a bracket to close off that stuff. Let's go forward really nicely, yeah. I think. It does such a great job of very quickly, not only just introducing characters, but introducing his specific relationship with characters. Like, within five minutes, you are seeing him, he's putting on Spider-Man suit, you see his, you know, uh, past due bills come under, slide under the door for the yeah, mail. Yeah. You hop out the window, Aunt May calls you, she's working at a local, uh, you know, uh, kind of like local kitchen. You hear from her, you say that you're not going to be able there to help as you're, as you're going to fist. You get the call from Yuri, you go to the police station, she gives you, so you've got a working relationship with the police. You get a call from your boss, you're late for work, and you're like, oh no, I just got to do something real quick. Like, And that's within like five or ten minutes of playing the game. It does such yeah. a good job of giving you all that exposition without just giving you a title screen text card, you know, with this is where the story's at. And I think that just, it does such a great job of feeling like you're catching, feeling like you're just joining a story in progress rather than starting something. And that's, um, yeah. that's pretty rare for a game, honestly, like to do that well to where you don't feel like you're missing out. Like you feel like you're just, you're just slipping into the suit. This is where he happens to be at this point. So. Yeah, and and especially given the films, like uh, except for the most recent batch, kind of fell into the trap of feeling the need to retread the origin story, you know, right. over and over again. Just having this new game series have the confidence and in saying, like, you know, what Spider Man is, he's so big that I, I, you know, like even someone who's a casual fan of Spider Man knows all this stuff. We don't need to retread it. We can just give you these things in quick fire succession, and we have confidence that you'll pick it up and absorb it. I just really admire that. Like, let's just get on with it. Let's get to the stuff that you're here for instead of retreading stuff that everyone's familiar with. Yeah. And of course, they've also set themselves up for future possibilities of learning to be Spider Man by actually interweaving the Miles Morales story within this yeah. version of the fiction. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, that could obviously, uh, even in the DLC, they're already having conversations, Peter Parker and Miles, about his ongoing training, but he's exactly the same age Morales is uh, in the game that Peter Parker was when canonically he started mm -hmm. being Spider-Man. So, uh, And that, that sort of opens up interesting character uh, situation as well with Peter Parker feeling responsible and uh for not wanting to put morales in danger mm. uh, and so on and so forth uh, so we bring in uh, uh, i mean the the writers brought in uh, a number of spidey's uh, rogues gallery by the late game you've got a kind of super group of enemies it seems for a long a fairly long period of the game that you're uh you're sort of it's sort of layers layers enemies on top of one another you're starting off with pretty much some low life leftover fisk hoodlums things start to escalate a good guy martin lee becomes a bad guy mr negative turns out that he seems to be um the man responsible for trying to unleash this virus onto the city 
uh, for um, ill ill judged uh, reasons. Norman Osborn um, plays a part, but uh, actually only at the end is it hinted to what uh, he and his son may become in the future. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's actually, I mean, really, it's uh, the key thing is two, uh, two friends become enemies in this game mm. uh, to the fact that the final, final showdown is, of course, with uh, Dr. Octopus Otto Octavius, who for, well, probably 75% of the runtime is an ally. Yeah, yeah, I, I love this. Not just for the nod to Spider Man Two, which I'll defer to to Josh probably on, on <laughs> some of that. Just the initial opening reveal of that call from work, and it's just work, and it's it's an artifice. Obviously, it's keeping the audience um, in the dark about something that Peter obviously knows, and it's just a reveal for the audience. It's not a reveal to anyone else in the story, but it pulls it away, f- so it's not interrupting the the fight with Kingpin, the opening of the game, getting into the boots, but then you walk in and you see what it is, like who it is that Peter works with. Such a a cool way to introduce, and and also another cool way to say, this is different from other Spider-Man you've seen before, but nods to Spider-Man 2, I think, uh, takes the seeds of what I certainly and a lot of people liked about that film and says, okay, let's build on that aspect of yeah. what if they were more than just friends? What if they he was a mentor to him? They were work colleagues. They had mutual respect. And yeah. And I think uh, you can't talk about these without talking about them hand to hand. The the vocal performances in this game, the voice acting is just, it's they're incredible. Yeah. And yeah. I think that those performances are as important as the quality writing. The writing is in the story is, is, is quality for sure. But those performances are, are as important because you just you really feel like these characters have known each other for a long time. I think um, the, the the biggest cue that this game takes from Spider-Man 2 is the idea that Otto Octavius is a sympathetic villain because yeah. that's kind of become the image of Dr. Octopus mm-hmm. because of Spider-Man 2. But before that, he was very much like, a, you know, a... Mustache, uh, mustache twirling, you know, bank robbing villain sure. like everything else. It was really that yeah. film that added that mm. angle to him. Um, and the fact, like, I, I feel like Alfred Molina is a really hard act to follow. <laughs> yeah. The fact that this actor comes, and I'm sorry, I've blanked on the name, so if anyone's got it. William uh, Salyers. William yeah, Salyers. I, I, I thought he was yeah, superb. Yeah. Super. It's, uh, it's modelled in his um, his likeness as well. Yeah. It just, um, hence the different haircut to Doc Ock's traditional yeah. fringe bowl cut. It, it's, it's a very, di- like, it's clearly not an emulation. He's not going for the same thing. Um, it's slightly uh, less Shakespearean and theatrical than <laughs> Alfred yeah. Molina's performance, but it still demands. You know, it has presence, and when he can, when he turns on the intimidation, it's like it's palpable. You feel mm. threatened by him. Also, a, and this is a clever change: is having. Uh, what Doc Ock is creating be the actual arms themselves rather than mm. the arms kind of being like this other... It always struck me as a little bit weird that like, oh yeah, I did this other thing, but this is the real event. I yeah, created yeah. this amazing thing, but they're just a distraction. This is the amazing mm. thing. Having mm. the arms be kind of the central focus and they also be rooted in, you know, um, the 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 character being differently abled, like having a 
physiological. He's a motor neuron disease. Yeah, yeah. He has a motor. And, but he was actually trying to create it as well for for other people yeah, who exactly. needed prosthetic limbs, limbs and yeah. things like this. Yeah. And 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 Peter Parker's trying to actually he can see the the bugs and how it's gonna how this neural interface is gonna mess with people's minds and he actually you get to go in and and solve some of the puzzles that are trying but ultimately the the puzzles that you solve just you know that you do your best but you can't you can't iron out all the bugs so you know that this is going to have a deleterious effect on uh, octavius's personality yeah, and, and you can't you can't um engineer out the the faults in the man either you know in a desperate mm. situation in 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 any other situation, Doctor Oct- Oct- Doctor uh, Octavius would have said, "Okay, there's bugs here. We need to iron them out. I'm not going to use these arms." But he's suddenly against the clock because of disease, against the clock because funding's pulled. They put him in a situation where you see that it's the circumstance, the desperation of the man that that brings that causes the the problem essentially as much as anything else. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's heartbreaking in a way to see over the course of certainly the back half of the game just the breakdown in these two people's yeah. relationship because you know it's coming you know it's coming and i i was hoping the whole way through the game they were going to save it for a future game because i couldn't i didn't want to see it you know uh and right, then right. then they did it yeah. you know they absolutely went for it's it. it's the relationship and breakdown in the relationship octavius harbors all this resentment towards Osborne, is that specific to this version of the story that's telling, or is that comic book stuff? Uh, I think there there is certainly some comic book adaptations that have that. I know there was an animated series, um, The Spectacular mm. Spider-Man, that played with that relationship yeah, as well. Yeah, there have been a lot of animated series since the last one I watched, <laughs> which was in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I don't think it's one of those things that's like, uh, you know, like Fixed. a fixture. It's it's yeah, more something that sure. people have dabbled with. Yeah, it makes sense. I also think it speaks, again, to the quality of the writing with uh, what James was talking about with, with Dr. Octavius. Like, knowing that your audience knows what's going to happen, like, that's got to be very difficult yeah. when crafting a narrative, you know? Like, like the the audience knows that doctor like the from the minute he's on the screen and you're designing the arms unless you have been not paying attention this is your first entry into anything spider-man you know how this is ending up so to be able to continue to write and design and to surprise the player along the way while ultimately knowing how the story will end is really interesting and i think that's an interesting challenge that they've solved well on a number of parts they've they've done that by by while knowing that there's going to be a showdown between Peter and Dr. Octavius down the line, like they've done so many nuanced things along the way and changed some very, very key elements too of what we would consider classic kind of Spider-Man lore to no matter what, even though you know, the showdown's coming up with Octavius that they're always keeping you guessing what's around the next corner. And I think that's, that's gotta be a really interesting Mm. challenge to tackle from a development side. Yeah. So yeah, Martin Lee, then Mr. Negative, um, I, because I was hitherto completely unaware of this character, not having consumed the other uh, fiction in which he appears, I, I mean, obviously I had my suspicions fairly early on. He seemed too nice. Uh, he was clearly a high grade model. He's one of the characters that has been modeled on the, the real life performer, Stephen O. Young in this case. Uh, and so I, you know, I suspected something was going on there, but I didn't know what was to come. Uh, so do you think, as as I say, for I suppose if nothing else, even though he turns out to be kind of second tier villain, 
do you think he's there's enough about him to sustain that for the I guess probably half the game in total where you know that he's he's the uh, where you think he's the big biggest baddest. I think it's a neat um, a kind of this also talks about what Josh said earlier, but it, it is a neat way to throw the player off because as someone who's very familiar with uh, Spider-Man in his film and television adaptations, like having a having a villain that I that wasn't overly familiar with made me um, kind of I don't want to say like appropriately anxious. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know what he was capable of, didn't know uh, what his next yeah, move true. was going to be. You know, so for me, I thought it was I thought it, I thought it worked really well. Also, coupling that with with having a very sympathetic backstory for why he is the bad guy that he is. Like, like I mm. could, you know, I could see the, um, you know, kind of, you could check the boxes as you went through his backstory of, of how he got to this, this version of himself. And then on top of that, to have the rug pulled out from under him, when he starts to realize that he isn't the biggest bad guy, you know, like he's been a pawn. Yeah. And like it, I thought that whole setup and then fall was really well done. So arguably Osborne, is the real bad guy here because both villains are being motivated by his poor choices that have been made in the past. And Osborne, you never actually fight. I I want to shout out to Mark Ralston's performance as Osborne. Uh, People may recognise Mark Ralston from, well, tons of stuff, but perhaps most famously as, uh, as Drake in Aliens as a, as a young man. So, yeah, uh, and I suppose, yeah, the the thing that certainly got people talking. Unfortunately, I learned about it by researching this show before I got to the point in the story. But this game does a thing that I don't believe has been done in an, any alternative version of this. I might be wrong. There's a lot of different Spider-Man stories and universes to go with, but they kill Aunt May at the end. Yeah. What's so um, surprising is like the the i think they just successfully convey the struggle of that like ultimately you know spider-man's going to make the right choice because it would be so out of character for him to do that but the performance of him making that choice yeah. of like mm. i have to be the better person and it it sucks it sucks that i have to be the better person mm. and and this is awful and just the whole sequence feeling earned, like it's a really brave decision to just kill a character that that's that significant and that important to the whole Spider-Man mythos, and for mm. it to feel justified in the 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 arc of the story and feel like it, a a you know a, a really good point of closure for this this game. Um, is kind of miraculous, like because it, it it could have gone so badly, and fans could have reacted really negatively to this. But from what I can tell, it, it's kind of been you know. I'm, obviously, there's always exceptions, but it feels like the consensus on this moment is pretty positive. Third drawing from the forum says, "I really disliked aspects of this story, particularly killing Aunt May. It felt like they did it just to set it apart from other iterations of Spider-Man." I like that they used a lot of old villains and I was okay with them tossing in Mr. Negative as a newer one for variety. It worked well and he was a cool boss fight. Meanwhile, Magical Isopod was less happy about the overall storytelling. The press had hyped this one up as some grand subversion of expectations, some kind of fantastic narrative that transcends typical comic book schlock. 
I didn't get that. I got a very rote, bog-standard story that didn't do anything at all to wow or surprise me. For a game as long as this one, I really needed a narrative hook to keep me interested. It didn't have one, and I dropped it during the last few hours of the game from sheer disinterest. Uh, Nutraptor, though, says... The sense of Spider-Man as part of his community is a core appeal of the character for me, and I think they nailed this aspect. Spider-Man isn't a dark and brooding vigilante like Batman or a heroic outcast like the X-Men. He is a friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man. They really captured this facet of the character. He makes banter with pedestrians as he swings around. People in the street call him Spidey and shout out to him. Side missions have him cleaning up the environment, performing relatively mundane tasks for his community and even chasing down lost pigeons. The quick travel has him riding the subway, often slouched next to other passengers and listening to music on his headphones like any other commuter. Even as Peter Parker, he helps out his aunt's homeless shelter. The sense of Spider-Man as a friendly and benign part of his community really makes it a positive experience to have him as your avatar. However, JC Van Dan from the forum says, I found Peter's design to be very generic and boring, as I did with most of the other designs. They all just looked a bit flat and lifeless, and I think a more cartoony artistic direction would have worked a lot better. Shadowless Kick from the forum says, There's a scene midway into Captain America Civil War where Peter Parker tells Tony Stark that he wears special goggles while swinging around because there's too much information that he needs to tune out in order to focus effectively. And that's exactly how I felt while playing Spider-Man. The fantastic web-swinging mechanics combined with the great recreation of New York City makes simply traversing the map a game in and of itself tons of fun. But there's just so much going on at any one time. Calls from Yuri, MJ and Aunt May, Peter's own nagging, police dispatches, social media feeds, surprise attacks from infected citizens that I always felt like I was either being hurried along to the next story beat or being distracted by something else on the way to it. At one point in my playthrough, during a street battle with demons, Peter started yapping about a pigeon from a side quest getting away. I felt I needed to wrestle control away from the game in order to play it at a pace I was comfortable with. And when I managed to do that, I had a great time, but it required a surprising amount of discipline. I liked the fact that there was always something, like frequently I'd be swinging towards one thing, something else happens, a police call or whatever it might be happens. Mm -hmm. um, and... I enjoyed making the decisions as to what to focus on. The game, I thought, did a really great job of putting pause on something that you were doing to allow you to go and do something else, whether that's a phone call that's mid-conversation when you get to a checkpoint and it stops and then picks up in a way that God of War notably did. Um, yeah, GTA, yeah, GTA 5. 5 another great, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the call will pick up afterwards. Um I don't recall ever having the game while I was doing one mission. Think I was trying to do another, like um, Shadows Kick mentions mm. with the street battle with demons. Unless that was just a an emergent street battle with demons. Uh, I think so. It was at that period where late game, where the entire city is just kind of attacking you as you go past, occupied yeah. with yeah. multiple yeah. factions. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which uh, I guess, yeah, absolutely. If if you feel your focus is being pulled all over the place that you can't enjoy what you're doing in the moment, that's obviously a problem. Uh, it worked for me, and I felt like the game paused one thing to allow me to do another, and I was able to kind of just switch whenever I fancied doing a side quest versus a main quest. But Anyone else feel stressed and hassled by Spider-Man's responsible life? I yes, Brian? I absolutely did. Um, this is going to maybe get a little ahead um i i was i felt very stressed by spider-man's hectic life um i felt like it very easily allowed me to miss side activities 
um, where yeah. I would be swinging and it would be like, hey, there's a police call mm. in that little red triangle with the exclamation point, and I would hit the scan, and then all of a sudden I turn around, it would just be gone. Yep. And I'm like, I like I got. You'll get another got, one though. It will generate another one. Yeah, and that is part of one of my major gripes. Where I'm going to kind of, kind of probably divide from everybody else on the panel here. Um, I don't. I with how quality and how high quality I think the the main storyline of this game is. I think that the side content of this game is 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 below average um i when when reading that piece of feedback i all i remember uh, when playing through this game is that i would just get all of these different calls for crimes and crimes and i would clear out all the crimes in 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 an area i'm like okay there were five of them i got all five i swung around good then i would do a story mission i'd come back out and be like oh there's five more crimes but it's now they're demon crimes Uh, okay so now I'm, go- I'm, but I'm essentially just doing the same activities over and over again. And I'm not going to be the first person to to blast repet- repetitive activities in a game. Some of my favorite games mm-hmm. um, involve doing the same things over and over again. So it's not about that. I just, I don't feel like <laughs> the story itself was so well guided and so well directed and so focused and really well put together that this sub side system of completing crimes to get crime tokens. And when the actual act of just stopping a robbery or stopping a moving vehicle or something, they, to me, they just weren't fun. They weren't engaging. They were mm-hmm. nuisances to me when I was playing the game. And it's and this is really a tale of two games for me. And I'm not trying to get too far ahead, but I think the story in this game is is superb and as good as anything I had played in the year 2018. I think th- the side content in this game and this in, for an open world game is very checklisty very tedious and never aside from getting unlocking new suits like i went around and collected all the backpacks uh, because i loved loved unlocking the new suits but it was tedious on a level to where i just didn't want to do it and i think the big part of that was because so much fun i was having in the game involved locomotion and all these side activities just made me stop moving to engage with a combat system that i fair that i think is fairly subpar and i know i'm going to be the outlier on this but uh not necessarily i i think um the side content that you picked out to criticize i differ with you on um i felt like the crimes were for me kind of just like a role-playing exercise in if i have time to do them as spider-man i've got free time i you know probably should stop these robberies, probably should stop this car chase. And I found the mechanics and systems of those encounters fun enough. And frankly, the the encounters are so short that they were just nice little distractions if and when I felt like doing them. Um, There were some side quests um, like uh, the Taskmaster stuff and the Pigeons um, where I, yeah, that felt really like I was just repeating the same thing over and over again. Um, and those started to great. I feel like the pigeon would have been great as like a one-off. Like, here's a funny little quest. Isn't it, isn't it hilarious that uh, Spider-Man's chasing after this pigeon? But to do it multiple times in a row, uh, it got to great. Um, and just like Taskmaster, you know, makes sense because his whole ability is about observing heroes and and copying their abilities. So if you're going to have like a Riddler-esque challenge um, character be in your game, he makes sense. But 
I wish there was more variety. And I think, you know, credit to um, the Arkham Asylum series, they did do a great job of making sure that those Riddler trophies and Riddler challenges um, had enough diverse. Uh, I mean, towards the latter, if you're actually collecting all 400 or something, I'm sure, like, eventually it got to the point where those got to a grind. <laughs> right. But I felt like there was enough variety in the just kind of, oh, I'll do this one, oh, I'll do that one, that they were still fun during the main campaign. Whereas with this, like, even casual, kind of casually going through some of these, you would see the same mission design over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. And I, again, and I don't want to seem like I'm harping on it necessarily, it, it felt to me that it was that level of tedium, but in every side activity. Like, even when I go back to the lab and do the things for my suit, like the... The little Bioshocky pipe hacking uh, mini games, and then like the chromatic spectrum where you're just filling in these lines by picking other sets of lines, and then and then you get to the the Osborne environmental challenges stuff where I'm just swinging through like like cloud patches. It just it all felt very silly and unnecessary, and not and I was me personally, I was not having fun doing those things when during the course of the main story, I was having an absolute blast. And I'm not sure where the disconnect with me there is. Because there are open world games that I, like, for example, we were, I was just, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Origins again right now. And just like, you know, every time I see a bandit camp, like, I want to go do that, even though it's the exact same thing mm-hmm. I've been doing. So it's not about me not being able to embrace tedium. It just, I feel like those activities for me, they just, they didn't hit in the way that I'm expecting open world side activities to give you that loop of satisfaction and the feedback. And I, I don't know why I'm sure it's a me problem, but it just didn't uh, work. It's for a me. mixed bag for me. Like some of them definitely did do that, but I always, my sort of MO with this game was to effectively treat it like an RPG in the sense that I would always do the least important thing first. And if that meant doing five emergent, uh, they're not really, but sort of procedurally generated crimes in a row to, to complete that sector, then that's what I would do. And then kind of work my way up the list of things and actually treat the main story quest as the the thing to do when I didn't have anything else to do. Now, of course, that leads to certain uh, moments of uh, ludonarrative dissonance, especially when you're being told there's a time limit. But of course, there actually isn't in the traditional fashion. There are also some quite amusing segments where I was supposed to be in emotional emotional turmoil because something appalling had just happened and I was still making the same cheesy bad, uh, you know, quips at the bad guys that I've been making for the previous 20 hours. So traditional video game stuff. But for me, the main thing is like, yeah, some of the, some of the side stuff was, I found less enjoyable, although I get the stuff like the swinging through the smog clouds and catching the pigeons is basically about having the player doing some of the locomotion but with a purpose with something to with a reward and with a to actually prove uh, and demonstrate your skill at swinging in certain you know at certain heights and at you know getting your timing yeah, and t- your testing flow specific correct. mechanical uh, yeah skill, and guess, all that yeah. kind of thing but for me it was mainly always about getting to the next fight because Although I definitely have now, after however many hours of the game I've played, I, 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 it doesn't have a clock, so I don't know, but I would anticipate 40 to 50 maybe. Um, I suppose I have become a little jaded about some of the tasks, some of the things that I like less, but I am still finding that if there's a fight to be had with a bunch of goons, I am all over that. Like I can, I have not got bored 
at all with fighting big warehouses full of goons. The Walking Dad from the forum says the game presents a darn near platonic ideal of characters with recognisable classic traits mixed in with modern tweaks that the occasional drastic reworking like more or less turning MJ into Lois Lane feel like natural extensions, especially given the familiar personalities and relationship dynamics from various other media versions. Except J. Jonah Jameson. I get the logic of turning him into a mustachioed Alex Jones alike, but I still hate it. Surely J. Jonah, surely Alex Jones is a demustachioed J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't get that. I, I thought that was very uh, prescient to to turn a, a tabloid editor into this uh, podcasting right wing conspiracy theorist. Uh, yeah, I thought that I didn't like the like, I don't like the character as it were in terms of I'm not going for you know I'm not going out for drinks with him. Uh, but yeah, and hearing whatever ridiculous thing he had to say after my my last main mission, what he had to say about it was always fun, even if the character is obviously... He has a lot. Darren DePaul is the voice actor. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, he's well known as Reinhardt from Overwatch. Yeah. But of course, uh, yeah, you can find him in tons of things. And yeah, he, uh, he really uh, chews the scenery as you have to to be Jay Jonah James. Yeah, I thought that performance was great, yeah, like yeah. all around. I think the decision they made with him, like talk about... You want to talk about contemporizing, you know, c- contemporizing uh, Spider-Man? They yeah. uh, like, like that. That was just on the money for 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 the like what the political climate would be now if a Spider-Man were to show up. There would be mm-hmm. some talking head doing a podcast, you know, just shouting about how terrible everything he did. What like that's just yeah. that that was one of the more believable parts of the game to me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is the fact that as much as I think most of the suits, like obviously we're all going to have our favorites and there's a lot of them. I don't really know the story behind. I recognize some more than others. And I spent most of the game wearing the classic Spidey suit uh, from the top row. Um, there's some re- really, really gorgeous ones with metallic reflections. And oh, this, they're uh, really shiny. Some well. of them like distractingly shiny. Yeah, super shiny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautifully shiny, but the 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 cover star, the one that they designed especially for the game, which I think is just called the advanced yep. suit. Uh, fun bit of trivia: the emblem on the front and back represents the suits of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, respectively. While the eyes, which can change shape and uh, you know express emotion, represent the Tom Holland MCU Spider Man. But overall, I didn't really like the poster suit. I don't. I think it's just aesthetically. There's. I prefer most of the others, apart from some of the really daffy wow. ones. Okay, I I feel completely <laughs> the opposite. Okay, I, I I really like the advanced suit. Um, there you go. I think um, the splash of white on his arms, legs, and on his chest make his animations more readable. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, uh, there've been a lot of, as evidenced by this game, there've been a lot of attempts to kind of uh, refresh and renew um, uh, Spider-Man's outfit. And ultimately, the classic is is always going to be like my favorite. Um, but you know. Given the competition, I felt like they did a pretty mm. good job. I thought, like, I, I really liked it, and I really also liked how that design ended up informing some of the other super-powered characters that we right. meet later on. 
it's very generous with the uh, with the with the number of suits they oh, included. Yeah. They didn't they didn't have to yeah. they didn't have to go that far. Also, uh, I, briefly, I wore as I unlocked it and just for a laugh, I wore the punk the punky one. Yeah, I, can't what it's called. I love that one. Uh, yeah. Jameson yeah. quotes Jameson pops up saying, "We've heard rumors that." Spider-Man's been going around dressed like a punk kind of thing. Does, <laughs> does he have comment? I haven't heard comments for many of the other suits. Is it just just one or two that he's got something like that for? Do we know? I'm not sure. I mean, this game has a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah, in it. I, uh, yeah that was a, like, th- I quickly embraced the suit game in, in this yeah. game because like, you know, anytime it became less about what does he look cool in and what about like, what's the most ridiculous thing that I can take a selfie of me? For, you know, so I'm doing like a, you know, an absolute... <laughs> you know, breakneck dive from the top of the Empire State Building and taking a picture of my spiked metal mohawk. I, that was my, that was the way I experienced most of the game. Um, on the, the advanced suit, uh, uh, as as always with things that are new and things that change and when when a, something's revealed, uh, uh, there's that, I have that kind of gut reaction of, oh, I'm going to be a bit skeptical and reserved about this until I see how I feel about it. I definitely had that with this. Uh, yeah. The white, it was a lot of white. Mm-hmm. Um, uh and actually, the point at which it bothered me most for some reason was when they kind of, when he makes it in the game and you understand why he's incorporating the white and where that comes from and what it's necessary for, that kind of felt like, okay, can it just be a cool white suit? <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to have a reason. But ultimately, from a, certainly from about halfway through in the game, uh, I really took to that suit to the point where once I'd done kind of taking a tour of the other suits just to see how they looked, that was... Uh, that and the the cartoony suit were the ones I kind of came back to um, most often. I really like that advanced suit now. I have to say it's really grown on me. Yeah, fair dues. It yeah. might still grow on me, I guess. Shadowless Kick on the music says an area where the game reminded me of its movie cousins was the music. The adaptive score that kicks in whenever oh, you begin yeah. doing something heroic is cool technically, but the tunes themselves are just as safe and forgettable as anything you're likely to hear in an actual superhero film. What's here is merely functional, and as a result, the game misses a huge opportunity to carve out more of a unique identity for itself. I find myself both partially in agreement and also partially wanting to acknowledge that there's some really you know, good, in terms of production mm-hmm. and composition, some, uh, some fine, expensive, rich-sounding stuff. Um, I got a little bit bored with there's one particular piece that plays. So as you go through the game, the time of day changes and things based on events and mood and things like that. There's a there's a lot of pathetic fallacy in there when every every anytime something sad happens, the weather goes bad. Um, but there was a piece <laughs> yeah. early on which uh, which sounded very much like it was aping Danny Elfman's Sam Raimi music, but actually veered more into Danny Elfman's uh tim burton batman music which, yeah. yep. with the choirs and things and it sounded a bit too gothic for spider-man but yeah. uh but overall there's some i think there's some good stuff and some less memorable stuff what do you fellows think i i agree with with your assessment and and the the correspondence assessment too but my question with these always is and, and i will never know the answer to it, is like how many levels of approval do these things yeah. need to go through, you know, before they're allowed in the finished product? So I could get the mm. idea of, you know, someone being a major AAA game development studio being like, just make the main theme superhero-y, generic, something that will just rubber stamp because we just need to get past the Sony Marvel levels of, you know, 
you know, why, why I think I, I don't know that for a fact, obviously, but I could I could see that being an issue. You don't want something to be so recognizable that it takes away from your main brand or whatever. I could just see that being conversations that poor composers have to have when they're just trying to write you know, brilliant pieces for video games. Yeah, and I, th- I think uh, this kind of lends itself well to the suit discussion, which is the the suit was divisive. And I think if you veer even a little away from what a Spider-Man theme tune sounds like, which there have been many, they've sounded varied to a degree, but again, they've kind of been refined yeah. down to it. This is what a superhero theme sounds like cinematically, and this is what a Spider-Man theme sounds like cinematically. And if you deviate too much, you're going to have a lot of divisiveness. So I think maybe, yeah. not that it was designed to, that's unfair to the composer, but in the end, with exactly what you're saying, Brian, it ends up coming out in the wash that what most people agree on is music like this. The way it's used, though, I... Uh, I can't say that that fell into the background for me. When you take a call, if you're swinging through the city, when the call ends, that music comes right back up to to remind you, yeah, I'm doing something cool. I'm absolutely doing something cool right now. That worked for me every single time right through the DLC still does. I don't remember any of the music from the Amazing Spider-Man mm. movies or... And I can't really think of much from the last two MCU Spider-Man movies. I just watched either, uh, so. Far From Home like three days ago, and I couldn't hum you a tune from it. <laughs> sure, okay, yeah. not just me then. Yeah, um, I mean that's a it's a wider conversation, but um, yeah, obviously a, a lot of this music you hear a lot of times because you play a lot more hours of a video game than you do yeah. watching a movie normally. Um, and yes, yeah, so I guess if they if if some of it piped up underneath us now, you'd probably go, oh yeah. yeah. But um, I haven't found myself whistling any of it. Not, not looking for it on Spotify. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> uh, the emailer from the forum says, I love the accessibility options to replace button yes. mashing with a hold. Mashing brings me no enjoyment. Yeah, I've noticed this in, I think it's kind of, I think Sony have made it standard in their first party yeah. releases now or uh, uh, their, their published releases. Uh, and obviously they're not the only ones who are working much better in this respect. But yes, I actually, I, this is one accessibility option. There aren't many that I need at this point in my life. I'm fortunate to say, but yes, that is one that I have actually started utilizing the change from mash to hold just because like, I do actually get the sense in mashing a button does feel appropriate in certain situations, but ultimately it gets tiring, boring and starts to hurt your hand. Yeah. Yeah, we've already talked a fair bit about it, but uh, regarding that locomotion, Alex79UK says, boy, they nailed what being Spider-Man must feel like. It's just so exciting zipping through the city and it never gets old. I was having just as much fun as I drew towards the end of my 40th or so hour playthrough as I did at the start. Nutraptor says, swinging around the city always feels like a fun, liberating and joyful thing. They throw in little tweaks and upgrades to add variety and keep it fresh but even at its most basic, the web swinging is just good fun. One thing I wanted to say on this, and this goes for the combat as well to an extent, but particularly the web swinging, I think it's almost genius how they managed to have you at the start of this game as a Spider-Man with what feels like a an amazing yeah. set of powers and skills and ability to be cool and combat options and and still 
right from you know levels zero or whatever one you start at you can you feel like spider-man and all they do is from that point mm-hmm. they ramp it up and up and up and up and up yeah. uh, and i think that's amazing because it's n- normally you know these games kind of by design feel like they need to take you back to an almost state of impotence and this not being an origin story they yep. couldn't do yep, that no. so fair play i don't know how well this was handled in say the 2004 spider-man 2 game whether it had leveling up in the same way or whatever else but i just thought it was really elegantly done <sighs> there was it. some there was some leveling up of powers i remember from that game but i'd be lying if i could remember how how they were implemented yeah if if i remember correctly it was more like uh, a dmc or bayonetta situation where you were kind of unlocking combos to how you used web uh, the the web button and the attack button whereas with here like i really love the layering of new interesting abilities yeah. um even with the you know not just with combat but with the web slinging as well like to be able to the ability to kind of completely launch yourself off of a of off of a point so much to fun. maintain that momentum and speed is great yeah i never really got to grips with the only one element i didn't get to grips with is the circle button round corners yeah. stuff i just never really felt no, the need I didn't, to use I, it I, it was yeah. very despite the fact that they made a big deal of when you're swinging it will attach to it will only attach if you are below the the top level building that you're near and it will always attach at yep. an angle that makes sense for where the buildings are around you yep. so that and it does affect mm-hmm. your swing you can't just keep swinging down the center of the the road it will kind of curve you around in a pendulum type swing so that makes absolute yep. sense but it also gives you a lot of freedom in maneuvering yourself within those bounds and i rarely found myself not able to to neatly go around the corner i i'd forgotten that was a mechanic in the game until a tooltip came up and i tried to do it today and more mm. often than not i wasn't doing it properly and it didn't work so yeah. i thought why am i even trying <laughs> it's weird that none of us got to grips with that or used it much when everything else i think about you know the the holding pulling in r2 to swing and you can you can pretty much just hold that in and you will get where you want to go but it doesn't feel nearly yeah. as good as releasing it and then clicking it again as you get near right near the road or using the the r uh, r3 click is it to, uh, to L- dive L3, down see it's just it's just nature you do that if, if you don't have a spot like a higher point above you to click onto you do the zip yep, to point into that kind yeah, of yeah. spring jump and then oh I yeah, look, yeah. that just that just feels great every time you land that yeah. right and just don't lose any momentum it just, it yep. just, yeah, yeah, they just nailed um, it. They absolutely nailed later it. Later in the game, you get the uh, ability to jump from a standing spot as well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and if you do a little run into that, you can go flying down yeah. several blocks. <laughs> yeah. No, or I whatever think. Else. Yeah. It's just, I've just got no, no issues with yeah, this part again, of the game. Yeah. Again, yeah. an accessibility thing, really, although it's not a, a sort of banner, it's not made a big deal of, you know, it's not a, a kind of headline act of it, is that, as you say, Leon, if you just hold R2 and move where you want to move, you will go. There's no failure state for yeah. not doing the extra stuff. It's just... <laughs> the somersaults yeah, and tumbles. So, so yeah. someone who doesn't want to get involved with, for whatever reason, because it's too much, it's too complicated, it's too whatever, with the web uh, zips and the uh, zip to point, all that sort of stuff, you know, the catapulting yourself forward, the, the diving down. If you don't want to do that stuff, you don't have to. It's just all icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah. And and just as like a role playing like character observation element of this, 
Web slinging is meant to be the easiest and most joyous thing that Spider-Man engages right. in. So the fact that it is, you know, like it's not complicated. They haven't tried to introduce all these little things that if you don't pay attention to, you'll collide it's into a building. Yeah. No, you're Spider-Man. It's about like the feeling of freedom and joy of just diving through the air and focusing on that instead of focus. Like, make the combat challenging because that's a situation where Spider-Man is genuinely in danger. But not when he's web-slinging. When he's web-slinging, he's riding high. He's mm. just having fun. So let the player experience that as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and uh, and they lean into that because you can do like stunts and flips in the air that get you a little bit of XP, but it's just if you're having fun, do that stuff as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, do a combo. Uh, there's a trophy attached to that, and there's also I noticed there's early on in the main game there's a mission where you get your swing taken away, and you have to do it just by propelling yourself forward with the cross yep. button yep. move, uh, which just teaches you that you can even get around that way if you want. Like if if you want to make it even simpler, you can just press the cross button. You don't even need to get involved with the or you could. I mean, you could walk everywhere if you wanted. Uh, there's probably a few missions that you get timed out for that. But um, but that's pretty good. And then uh, there's something else in the DLC. Yeah, there's a parkour based segment, isn't there, with uh, with Black Cat, yeah. where she she knackers your swinging and all your all, all your web capabilities. So the game shows that it can actually do parkour to a pretty high standard as well as can spidey (laughs) match (laughs) Uh, and on the combat so jobo bonobo says while much has been said of the sublime movement of spider-man in this game i would suggest that its other main strength is the top-notch combat system refining and building on from the solid system established by the arkham games being all stealthy or going all out webbing up bad guys was a true delight one of my favourite tools to use was the suit with the robo spider arms, which you could absolutely dominate any fight with, but had to be used sparingly. Building up focus while you were low on health against a foe before using such techniques went a long way into making the combat a delicate balance on the knife edge and could determine if you were getting out alive. Pulling such a stunt always felt incredibly satisfying. Yeah, I mean, I remember James before mm. this game came out, you you'd watched some videos and you you commented probably on our Slack channel just saying the combat looks so much fun and me being me mm-hmm. I avoided all the footage and didn't get around to playing this until the run up to this show and uh yeah, it was more fun than I anticipated yeah. and I've still got a, a bit of the third DLC left to go. And I can feel myself kind of heading back towards it as soon as this recording ends, just to keep on webbing bad guys and yeah. uh, kicking them in. And um, but mainly, like the the punching and kicking is fine, but it's more about the constant mental gymnastics of utilizing your entire yeah. tool set against the the varying enemy types. Again, I'll come back to the criticism about identical enemies. It's a real yeah. issue there's you fight literally thousands of the For same sure. looking guys and it's a shame but i'm not sure what the answer to that is you can you can kind of break them down into the brutes the brawlers the uh the enemies yeah. with batons and the enemies with guns etc but they bring in people guys with whips mm-hmm. that pull you out of the sky so whenever you think like yes i would so often fall into well 
I'm just going to fight like this. I'm just going to knock someone up in the air, batter them about, zip down to the next guy, knock him up in the air, batter him about, and, you know, just get into a routine. And the game pretty regularly threw in a quirk or a stumbling block that meant I couldn't do that. There are definitely early on, if you have the ability, you could just jump up, hold square, and just web kick, like swing kick, into every single enemy, and you can get through fights like that. But it just won't let you sit on your laurels in that way um, for most of it. And that's not to say it gets really difficult because I, I really enjoy the Batman Arkham combat for many, many of the same reasons I enjoy this combat. I would never describe myself as good at it because there are achievements in the game for getting combos I just have never come close to getting. Like, I'll get to a 30, uh, 30 times combo and I'll just mess up. I'll just not hit the prompt in time to dodge. I'll just not deal with an incoming projectile in the right way, and I'll just lose it. And that that might be a focus thing, it might be a whatever thing, just a me thing. And that definitely happened here, but I always felt like I was having fun, and the fact that I could heal just on the the drop of a button, like mid-combo, you can just hit that down on the D-pad and heal. Yes, I sacrificed my focus meter, meter for it, but I had the choice. That was another thing that I had a choice to do. Um... Uh, so it, it kept me on my toes. I I definitely didn't use the gadgets as much in fight. I used them a lot more um, during the stealth sections, like setting trip mines, you know, sending a web shot over to distract an enemy to get them to stumble into it, that sort of stuff. So I'm not going to say I made the full mm. use of the the kit at my disposal in combat, but I always felt like, and going back to the DLC, I had to relearn a lot of it. I always felt like there was other stuff I could do if I was struggling in a fight, and that felt really good. Yeah. I I just had a completely opposite mm. experience than that um, with the combat. I, I I did feel like things like the suit powers made did do a good job early on in making me feel powerful. Particularly, there's a, there's a power called Web Blossom that allows used, you to... Re- yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, that allowed me to kind of get... I think... Um, I didn't really enjoy the combat in the game this much. I think the animations are fantastic, and it looks great when you're fighting... Um, I found the lack of ability, the lack of webbing, um, to be a problem. And I also found that the using focus for healing, not to be a, a very reliable system to manage my health. Um, I also, the, I think the biggest problem I had with combat though, um, is the dodge indicator being white. <laughs> Did anybody else have a problem with that? No. no. Oh, because it's like Spidey sense. Oh, uh, cause, to me. cause to me, what, when it combined with his suit, with the streets, with um, the out. webbing shooting around, I could, I could, it did yeah. not stand out to me. And again, that oh, might okay. be a visual language specifically for Maybe me. Maybe they should have put that's, that in yeah, the that's that's sort of Yeah, like I mean, on, yeah. if that was yeah. if that was like a bright yellow or something, or, or right. uh, something brighter, I had so much trouble seeing yeah. that, and I found myself just getting shot in the mm. back more times than I than I than mm. I can imagine. That was the entire first time through, to the point where like, I was actually thinking about like like those sable mm. fights became. For me, not that I couldn't complete them, I just, I was having no fun because, not, I'm not saying it's the game's fault, I just, I felt like I wasn't being given a fair shake, because I, I could not really indicate when I was looking for, looking like I was going to take damage or not, and I felt myself losing in encounters where I felt I should have had the upper hand. I, 
And that could just be a you know a get good no it's not <laughs> type no, of thing. Well, um, I was going to say on the back of the box on the back of the box it says be greater. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. I know. So, <laughs> I looked at that today. She's effectively. God damn it! They did it to me again. <laughs> I probably at the you know I just want everything catered specifically to me. No, um, the the thing <laughs> that I guess I really struggled with is that it wasn't that it was hard or difficult. I like games mm-hmm. with challenges. I like games that are you know I, I I'm all for all accessibility options. I, I I and I have no problem playing on an easy mode. It's I even with an easy combat mode, I was still struggling to 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 get the indication when damage was coming my way, mm. and I really struggled, and it really made fights difficult for me. But if you cut to like the final boss fight with Doctor Octavius on the top of the building in the dark sure. in this storm, like like there, I had absolutely no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it made that grind of going around doing all the side quests we were talking about before. It made that that much more frustrating yeah. for me because almost all of those are combat centric, mm-hmm. and I really struggled with it. So, um, yeah. it, it, no, again, I thought it was entirely yeah. fair, and that was your experience. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. I'm sure you weren't the only. And, one. and if something as simple as changing the color of that alert would have made the game better for you, that tells you it's it's not a you thing that's something the game could have done to accommodate you. Right. It's certainly not a, an issue of yeah. you not being good enough. It's that a prompt for you in the game didn't work. Hey. Josh, how did you feel overall about the combat? Did you like it like James I, and I did or not? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really loved it. Um, I I feel very similarly to you and James. I will touch on the web abilities just because James mentioned they didn't feature much in his playthrough, whereas I took a great amount of joy uh, in playing around with these abilities and kind of uh, exploring uh, the combinations uh, and how they mm. work together. Yeah. So one really overpowered <laughs> combo is web bomb and then the concussive blast wow. ability. Yeah. Yep. So you just grab the just whole crowd covered in web yep. because of the web bomb. And normally when, before you have the concussive blast ability, you just have to deal with them one by one. But one shot of that thing, they're all, you know, stuck <laughs> to a wall or stuck to the floor and they're oh, dealt with the they're gone. The yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, I love the spider drone as just like a, a, a wink to the kind of MCU yeah. stuff, yeah. but like he was like a helpful way of like distracting, um, enemies when you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, like I, I'm not the biggest fan of the adding of lightning to webs as like an addition to the uh, mythology, but I, it's a bit I, sadistic I, for for, yeah, but it's really helpful yeah. in a game. But it's context. really helpful, yeah. <laughs> um, and just like the comedy moments that some of these abilities created, like the trip mine was more useful in yep. stealth for me yep, than it was sure. in actual combat. But there was a couple of scenarios where I just like cheekily stuck it to the wall as somebody was charging towards me oh, yeah. and then they would slam into a you car you can get two, I, <laughs> two goons to slam together if you get yeah. the uh, if you get the the, the proximity yeah, yeah, yeah. just right yeah which is all good yeah no I, I i'm an habitual user of all the different types as well i had a, a really funny scenario happened in fact there's video footage and I, I will when this podcast goes out i think i'll link to it um where uh i had uh trip mined someone onto the getaway vehicle <laughs> of that mission and then you're chasing the car and this guy is still stuck there he didn't despawn he's yeah. still stuck on the side of this building <laughs> yeah. and uh and, and then and then when you're like wrestling, you know, when you grab the car and you're mashing the button to get it to stop, he's just <laughs> dangling there, wriggling. Please stop the car, Spider-Man, please. 
<laughs> it just nice. it was so funny and the fact that the game allows for that um is is brilliant i i yeah absolutely adored the combat did anyone have any i i very much stuck with the first suit power that i got which is the yeah. web blossom yeah so you yeah, basically so, burst up in yeah. the air and if it's a regular kind of skirmish without too many shielded enemies, you can yep. end it there and then. Yep. Uh, so I never really experimented with the dozens no. of other <laughs> suit powers. Because they, and because they do the really accommodating thing of allowing you to swap out the suit power no matter the suit you're wearing, which is such a cool yes. way to do it. It allows you to do a bit of the old-fashioned souls and look the way you want to look, but it not to affect the gameplay, which is Precise. a really nice thing to, to have in there. Um, yeah, Web Blossom was my mm. go-to because usually the time I remember to use that was when I was feeling a bit overwhelmed with too many enemies. And that's just an easy pop yep. that. It gives you a breather, probably takes down two or three enemies, even if they are armoured with batons and, you know, brutes and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, yeah, that was always my go-to. Yeah, and a really nice touch, which I, I guess everyone spotted. When I first started playing, I was kicking people off buildings and thinking, <laughs> hang on a minute, that's not how <laughs> Spider-Man operates. And then you watch one, you see that they automatically get sucked yep. in and webbed to a wall as they fall, which is completely, it doesn't make any sense, but it's a nice touch, I think. Yep. Uh, mm. A concession. Delby2K, welcome back, says, I did have a slight disappointment as to how often the game did reduce itself down to large combat rooms, with the overall flow characterised mainly as platforming, moving into a fight, moving into a possible QTE, while some of the side quests, especially the clear and area type, became wave-based brawls. At least they made it interesting by attaching goals in order to give me something to aim for. I mean, that's going to, yeah, how much you think it's, I guess, that that word reduce itself uh is how how you feel about the combat so you would definitely be more likely to feel that if you, right like brian weren't loving it whereas i'm actually actively seeking out the next scrap and that's why i think i enjoyed the combat more in the actual main mm. quest because it did feel a little bit more guided it felt a little like i had more chances to succeed mm -hmm. i guess um uh when opposed to the outside that like they say the the wave-based brawls yeah. um well, not necessarily reduced to that. I do, I do like some of those, and I, I like some of the mm. abilities they give you to handle them. I just, I felt like I had less of a chance of success, which made me have less fun. You know, just roll that down the line. Um, mm. But yeah, but the actual combat and the missions I thought worked fairly well for me. But it was more scripted experiences, so I mean, there is less offered up to chance there. So. Yeah. And how did you all feel about there are some t sort of downtime sections to this game? There's detective work kind of segments, which is scanning the room, going up to stuff, sort of puzzle rooms where you have to find various PowerPoints and blast them. There's, yeah, uh, MJ and uh, Miles basically stealth puzzle sections as well, and the the side yeah the side games of um, yeah. There's a kind of two different puzzle types, which Brian sounds like you weren't impressed with, but I actually quite enjoyed all the downtime stuff. That said. When the, I mean, the stealth is pretty generous and straightforward as somebody who doesn't like getting caught in stealth. Although these mm -hmm. have instant fail states, I barely saw, I only saw one or two in the game. They're, they're mm -hmm. pretty, um, it's, it's pretty generous to the player to, to enable you to get through. I think it's just, it's just to break it up from being yeah. spidey the whole time i think yeah i thought that was kind of cool to offer that mm -hmm. other perspective um i i don't think the stealth puzzle sections were like you said neither necessarily challenging or engaging but seeing things from 
you know, from MJ's perspective, when she's a hostage in a bank robbery type of situation, I think that, or was that a bank robbery or train station? I can't remember. Um, train, train station. Thank you. Um, I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. Like, you know, getting to hear her inner monologue as you're moving around the area, yeah. being more scared than Spider-Man would be in the situation, you know, taking things a little bit, you know, from, I, I did like seeing that other side of it. They might, they might not have been the most engaging things from a gameplay perspective, but I thought they were, I did, they didn't feel out of place yeah. and, and normally were short lived enough to where I didn't feel like they overstayed their welcome. Yeah. Yeah, for for me, there were two examples of those stealth sections that really stood out, and I kind of wish there was less of them overall, mm-hmm. so that those those these two mm-hmm. moments stood out a bit more. But the section where MJ is in the train station and you're coordinating with yeah. Spider Man yeah. to yeah. take out people was a great little moment, mm-hmm. uh, both for their relationship, but also it was just like quite creative and neat to have that perspective and that interaction with Spider Man. But then the other one was Miles uh, Morales when he's dealing with the rhino, just because you rarely get a sense of how powerful and destructive these supervillains are when you're the superhero. And so getting getting a sense of, okay, what's it like if you're just a normal person up against the rhino? Oh, wait, he's not just a goofy guy with a Russian accent. He's actually terrifying. Do you know what? I've played this in the wrong order, but that segment was just like playing the uh, Sherry Burke in, in Brian Iron's office segment. It was almost exactly yeah, the same. Uh, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think there's a thing where if you are Tony Stark outside of the Iron Man suit, there is a risk. You are at risk. If you're Peter Parker outside of the Spider-Man suit, yeah. the only thing he's actually worried about is protecting his identity. There are times where you are Peter Parker mm. in the DLC, uh, for example, I played today where you have to just go to a an out-of-the-way area to be able to change back into your suit. The only reason you can't punch a bad guy right away or web someone up right away is because you'd give yourself away. You're not actually at risk. So a section as Peter Parker yeah. doesn't come with the inherent danger that being an MJ or a Miles Although- would. I mean, um, yes, you're so right. So I, I loved seeing it from their perspective as a reminder of this is what it's actually like for regular people in this ridiculous, overblown, crime, yeah. crime-ridden New York City. Um, and it's it's scary. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I get that for some people there might be too much of them. It's a very much slowing of pace versus the locomotion and the go-go-go of, of the Spider-Man sections, but I really enjoyed those. Mm. And it gave us a chance to see Miles before he is who through the DLC, the end of the game in the DLC, you see what, who Miles is going to become. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I really like to, to get some time with Miles for that. The weirdest collectible, I thought, was the newspapers, mm. the Daily Bugles, because there's absolutely, like, you just, I, I think I picked up three or four in the course of my normal play, but you're never anywhere, you can basically grab mm. them out of the newspaper dispensing machines like you've always seen in american films we don't really have those over here uh brian in case you weren't aware (laughs) yeah the only Um, place uh the only place they have those are in actual populated areas of the united states of which i I do not live in one so yeah so they're foreign to me as well (laughs) right um but yeah so you've got these dozens of newspapers with headlines and stories in but there's just i just there's no natural way to engage with that other than just walking around the streets looking for the um looking for the newspaper dispensers at the right time but anyway that was that was an odd one i felt there's also this element which i'd completely missed which i saw while researching for the show secret photo ops 
So there's no achievement or trophy or whatever attached to this. It's just something in there. There's like places you can go and get certain pictures which tick a box somewhere. I don't know. Very odd. Um, I guess by by the silence, none of you engage with uh, that I definitely either. remember going spotting <laughs> yeah. things that looked out of the ordinary, not just your average billboard, but like uh, a graffiti of the vulture uh. on the side of a building. I do remember that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and I seem to remember okay. taking photos Maybe of them, but I could have sworn I was doing that to uh, to get something from it, but maybe I wasn't. Maybe it was just I was enjoying doing it. Okay. There's, um, yeah, there are some missions that involve you using your camera, both in midair and uh, static, if you want. Um, And yeah, so there's distinctly two cameras. There's the game camera and then there's the photo mode camera, which is is a a separate mode, as a lot of these modern games have, especially the Sony ones. And yeah, if you're well into those modes, like our Jay and uh, Thomas and people like that, you, yeah, and... uh, Sounds like you as well, Josh, had a certain amount of fun with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one more comment on the traversal is from the emailer who says, Traversal around the cities feels very good in the main, although not necessarily for close quarters precision movement. Chasing pigeons is not fun. <laughs> you know, I hadn't quite thought about the pigeon chasing as much until this conversation. I, you know, For all of my little uh, criticism about the game, that wasn't one that I <laughs> that I had picked pinpointed on, but at, once I started Googling it, looking it up for the show, the people yeah. feel very strongly about that. <laughs> it's really... I could I could never keep the button prompt on screen. Oh, that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was the issue with that. So yeah, three bits of DLC, uh, obviously more of the, the main game. I, th- I would say each section, I'm currently at the start of the third part, so there's the heist, turf wars, and silver lining. Uh, they've so far each sort of had a similar structure, but they do, as I say, the three of them together form a continuing story relating to the Hammerhead and Silver Sable. And so it does feel more like a a second campaign than anything with certain amount of kind of, yeah, bit, bits of it cut down. But it's uh, it's another chunky bit of gameplay. I, I mean, as soon as I started playing the main game, uh, I bought the season pass or the you know whatever it was for the for the three pieces because I knew I was going to enjoy the game enough to to warrant yeah. doing it. Uh, but yeah, I would say obviously if you didn't get on with the combat, absolutely don't bother with this. Yeah, uh, yeah. for sure because it is particularly a lot of combat. There is some other there is some variety and some quirks in there. Some more collectibles and things as well, and some interesting Spider Man story wrinkles and stuff. There's a whole thing in the heist with his relationship with black cat and she leads him on thinking uh, he might be the father of her child and all this kind of stuff but um yeah it was uh reasonably well received by critics with metacritic having it sitting across the three at around the uh, low to mid 70s mark um yeah so anything to add on these dlc yeah i i i think the highlight for me was the character interaction between Spider-Man and Black Cat yeah. and also Silver Sable. Mm-hmm. I think it suffers a lot from yeah. Hammerhead just inherently being a less compelling villain than okay. Doc- Dr. Octopus. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know what they could have done. Like The character's always just been a mob boss type character. So it's just not as engaging or interesting. Um, And I think the combat, like I really enjoyed the challenge of the combat through the main campaign. I think it edges towards being a little bit too fiddly and complicated in this DLC Mm -hmm. 
there are a couple of enemy types that are just not fun. Like the shield guy. We keep mentioning the shield dudes, <laughs> but the shield dudes are just a little bit not fun. You can go under them and kick them from behind. But yeah, a lot of stuff. The point is a lot of your cool stuff just does not yeah. work on them. And that's, yeah. that makes you feel unempowered. Which and when they kind of fly at you and charge at you, you can dodge out the way perfectly well. And if you do a, a perfect dodge when it turns blue, your spider sense and dodge out of the way, you can then zip to them the same way you can with um, an enemy that's trying to shoot you. So you can press triangle, zip to them, and then you can knock yeah. them up in the air. The problem is, you've dodged out the way. They've left a trail of AOE like effect red damaging stuff behind them um, to zip to them. You've yeah. done the right thing. You've done it absolutely as you intended and absolutely as the game tells you is the right thing to do. You zip to them and you immediately start getting damage over time from going through the trail. That So I did the right thing, but I get damage just... Yeah. That's just a health tax, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Actually, does make yeah. them a frustrating enemy. Boo for the shield guides. <laughs> <laughs> and what about for the? I mean, just briefly as we're running on the boss fights in the main game. Yeah. Um, I think for me they were the right level of spectacle to fun, and uh, I think I I might have fail stated on a couple of them, but just like once until I got what was going on. This is on normal difficulty again. Uh, and overall, just, yeah, boss fights that were not necessarily like all-time classics, but enjoyable and not a massive kind of sticking point in in getting through. And actually, yeah, the uh, I quite like the fact that the they basically have like Vulture and... Um, is it Vulture, Vulture and Electro and Scorpion and, and Rhino, yeah. Electro... Scorpio, yeah. runner, that's it, and uh, and play out those dynamics, giving an, uh, giving you something else to think yeah. about. Yeah, I one of my favourite little touches in the Rhino and Scorpion fight is that you can web Scorpion up, and you can trick the Rhino into yeah. charging into Scorpion oh, and nice. causing him damage, <laughs> and it's so funny. And I just, the moment I realized I could do that, that became my strategy (laughs) for that fight. And they already hated each other. Their antagonism toward one another is part of that fight. That's part of the color of that fight is them basically arguing with one another while still having to work together. Yeah. I, I will say this is less of a boss fight and more of a boss set piece. I found it a little bit weird that they use Scorpion to be the hallucination set, set piece for this. Because you've got, and I understand why he's not in this, because you've got two mastermind villains in here yeah. already, and there's not room for another Save one. him for the sequel. But Mysterio, yeah. mm. Mysterio is the illusion guy. If you're going to do illusions, wait for the the, the big man, the, my boy, yeah, Mysterio, to show yeah, up. It's it's true, uh, don't yeah, waste it on Scorpion. Yeah. That did yeah, feel a bit yeah. crowbarred, the, uh, the whole, whoa, I'm having a trip, I'm in some kind of alternate reality and uh, and they they do it twice i guess it made more sense with mr negative although i don't know because i don't really know miss but with the with the kind of the demon's breath situation yeah, yeah. but yeah there are two of the, two of those segments aren't there um but yes again uh, didn't cause any uh, major no. stumbling points from my point of view yeah, which they, is the the thing about boss fights is normally we're talking about them because they're bad 
You know what I mean? Like boss fights in video games are difficult to get right. Often. Yeah, we're often yeah. talking about them because if they're, they're not legendary. Exactly. They're bad. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so for, here, and they're in the middle. Right. So <laughs> I thought they were. They, I think serviceable when it comes to boss fights, and especially with big boss characters who have a lot of personality like this. That they 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 weren't droll. They weren't just QTEs. They they mixed things in well enough, made you feel powerful, yeah. but also made Spider Man look cool. I think they I think they did their job to to give that cinematic experience. Yeah, they felt like showdowns with spider-man's uh mid-tier enemies right. or you know whatever echelon yeah. they're supposed to be on and then the doc ock fight did feel yeah, for pretty sure. epic yeah. um and had some yeah, had some had some more challenge to it but also again still what it didn't feel like oh i've got to the final boss and i'm never going to finish this game like it felt quite doable with a bit of uh observation and i i don't i can't speak to ev- everyone let alone all of us but i almost feel like that fight was designed to push you to the limit but make sure that you probably beat it first time mm-hmm. like the the end sequence certainly yeah, where you're stood yeah. on the side of the building was this is going to be tough but we're not going to punish you that much for missing a prompt we're going to let you yeah. win the day we don't want you doing this seven eight nine times before you actually beat it it felt like it was checkpointing in this game is generally very generous i would say and actually the I know this is a modern games design trend, particularly in AAA, but there is virtually no punishment for failure in this game other than a minor delay. Yeah, yeah. The, the, um, yeah. the wave Whether fights, you like that or not. They, is- certainly in the DLC, they were setting me back to wave one if I failed. I get what I get why. There is that. And actually, if it yes. put me in at wave three, I'd probably have ended or four or five or six because I think they were all six pretty much. Um, probably would have yeah. been overwhelmed too quickly, but it did feel a bit, okay, my first wave is always stealthy. I will take as many guys down until it forces me into wave two. And that then is just, well, I did it yep. perfectly last time, so I'm going to do exactly the same thing again. It's going to take me five minutes because I'm doing it stealthily. That's that's a time mm. tax in the same way we talked about. And you get the same yeah, vocal yeah, clips absolutely. and yeah. all yeah. that as well if you do that. So, yeah, that's that's one area where, yeah, I would agree on that. Uh, as I said, the game is absolutely stuffed with uh, secrets and Easter eggs. This is a big old city and you're a human sized person and you can walk around in it for hours looking at stuff. There are some videos out there to check out. But among the locations a player can visit are the firehouse and the Zool building from Ghostbusters, the soup restaurant from Seinfeld, Jessica Jones office and the Insomniac game studio. There's also. Oh, yeah, these are. So these are the the photos you can uh, unlock saying you can, according to IMDb trivia, you can unlock Easter eggs containing references by taking photographs of certain buildings like the Wakanda Embassy, obviously for Black Panther, the Sanctum Santorum, San- yeah, yeah. Santorum? Doctor Strange. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, I did see that. Avengers Tower, which uh, there's a trophy for climbing to the top of. The Rand Industries Tower for Iron Fist. And there's a business card from Nelson and Murdoch. Uh, I, I want to say the Easter eggs well. you quote-unquote unlock. I mean, you'll have noticed it because you're taking a photo of the building. It's literally just what Peter has to say about you taking the photo is, yes. is what you unlock. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, one One Easter egg I did want to point out, which is a weird one. So kind of funny is a group of people who split from IGN and one of the people in it, Greg Miller, is definitely not a guy who takes his shirt off, puts on a Spider-Man mask and calls himself Shirtless Spider-Man. And that definitely wasn't a running joke Mm. that Greg did all the way through development of the game to the point where 
the Spider-Man in his underwear, undies costume, is definitely it could be seen as a nod mm-hmm. to it. But in the level where you go to the university campus because there's a, a Night of a Thousand Horrors party going on, everyone's in fancy dress. There is a guy in jeans who's definitely oh, yeah, a yeah. not a natural body type for Spider-Man with a Spider-Man mask on, and he's oh, doing yes. the kind of web web fingers, web hands. Um, that is one hundred percent a um uh, an appearance of shirtless Spider-Man. This character that kind of funny of of all groups created, and Insomniac went out their way to put that in the game. Something they did not have to do. Sure, got them some publicity because kind of funny and shouted about obviously that happening. Stuff like that is just it's not just Spider-Man's history. They want to bring Spider fans into the game with these Easter eggs. And they went out their way to do it. It's really quite a cool touch. And I remember the news story for this at the time as well. One potential Easter egg was a marriage proposal by a fan named Tyler Schultz who asked the developers via Twitter if they could add it somewhere in the game. The proposal would have been featured on a billboard in the west side of the financial district. Unfortunately, several weeks before the game was released, his girlfriend broke up with him. Schultz was asked by art director Jacinda Chu if he would like the, a modified version of the billboard, which he initially declined. Later, he changed his mind and approached Chu again, asking if the team could add the name of his late grandmother as a tribute, as he became a passionate Spider-Man fan because of her. Presumably, it wasn't still <laughs> a proposition of marriage. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> And in conclusion from the forum, we have JC Van Dan, who says, I didn't particularly like this game. I was initially wowed by it. The graphics, the city traversal and the bright and exciting overall feel of the game blew me away for a couple of hours after first picking it up. But after that initial impression, I wanted to pick it up less and less as I got further into the story. At about six or seven hours, I didn't pick it back up again. I was a big Spider-Man fan as a teenager and the game nails the tone. And like I said, the tech, etc. is amazing. But I think it falters on what a lot of open world games falter on. Boring, busy work. I found a lot of the missions to be go to this rooftop and fight these goons type of missions. And after a few of those, I just didn't want to do any more. Also, I think the swinging gets a bit old after a while as you essentially just hold R2 and point him in the right direction and the engine does it all for you. Open world games really aren't for me anymore. GTA 5 made me realise this a few years ago. I might end up picking it back up again in a few years and changing my opinion. Who knows? But for now, this one is a pass from me. What I will say, JC Van Dan, is that you can do more with the swinging than you think. And I would say that the combat gets more interesting the more you play it. But uh, the, the more powers you have, the more gadgets, the more tech, the more levels you unlock and that kind of thing. But you may just not like it. The emailer says, overall, an enjoyable romp never sets out to chart new ground, but succeeds at what it tries. Caliburn M says, on the whole, a great game showing what a licensed game can achieve with decent developers given the time and resources to do a good job. And finally, Jobo Bonobo says, I absolutely recommend Marvel Spider-Man to fans of the Warcrawler. Insomniac did a fantastic job of capturing the appeal of the character, and I would be well up for more crime-fighting adventures from them in the future. I believe that there is talk that they are going to be making more superhero-based games at Insomniac. Now they've now they've done one. I don't know whether it'll be more Spider-Man, more Marvel, or I don't know. It could be their own thing, but uh, we shall see. There's no way this doesn't get a sequel. I would have 
given yeah. Sony have the their film rights yes. and that was on the basis that that, that basis this was kind of negotiated that Spider-Man would would be with them. Yeah. There's no way this doesn't get a sequel. You know, 13 probably 20 million copies sold. Yeah. And Thomas on our Slack was saying that he can't he was struggling to sort of for, formulate an idea in his head of how they where they would go with the gameplay and I do actually I, I I understand where he's coming from to an extent it's hard to take where you end up with Spider-Man at the end of this game and think where you go from there but I think in terms of story options villains heroes and obviously the mm. Spider-Verse there are yeah. huge amounts of options and I think gameplay would potentially be mixed up by bringing in if you've seen it into the Spider-Verse you've got basically characters who are completely different you could uh you know have almost entirely different sets of abilities if you were the uh the anime one or peter porker or whatever it could be a very different experience yeah. altogether well even as miles miles's yep. skill set is is quite different they right. they don't ne- they nod at it a little in the conversations mm-hmm. that miles and peter have in the dlc uh miles makes some comments about things he's had happened and Peter's yeah. like, no, that didn't sound familiar. Yeah, right. um, but actually, you know, especially if they were to do it in a GTA five style where you yes. can sit between the two of them and say a Gwen Stacy or whoever else it may be. Mm. Uh, I should say spider Gwen rather than mm. uh, Gwen mm. Stacy, but yeah. you know, there, there's definitely, there's ways to do that where you can kind of have your different characters, different stories and different skills, different sets. versions of really New York, or up. they could take them all on holiday, like the Marvel cinematic yeah. universe. Yeah. Universe yeah they, could do the, they could do the five boroughs in New York, or expand out to the Brooklyn and the Bronx and, and yeah. other surrounding areas. Yeah. Could, yeah. yeah. There's, go there's, on, a, go yeah. on a mission with the Avengers. If they're allowed, there you they're go. probably not yeah. allowed, are they? <laughs> they're probably not allowed. <laughs> they're, probably they're allowed not. the building. They're yeah. not allowed. They're only characters. allowed to interact with three or four specific X-Men. I can't remember which ones. Um, yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, so a few three word reviews. Follow us on Twitter at Canarins. Jamair zero one or Jamair zero one says enter the spider verse. Rinse, wash, repeat says great, but repetitive. Shadowless kick says fast travel. Why? Scott Lamont says no Riddler trophies. Alex79UK says Spider-Sense tingling. From Brendan Agnew, Open World Euphoria. Kurt Lewin says Superb Story Campaign. And Joba Bonobo says Web Slinging Joy. Okay, well, no surprises where we start, as we always like to work our way up in terms of positivity. Brian, I don't think it's come across that you hated this experience, but overall you had more qualms than the rest of us and reservations. Yeah, um, I was thinking about the summary for a while uh, leading up to this, and I think that I can absolutely recommend this game, but I, I do have some big caveats to it. Uh, I, I really struggle with the combat, as I already said. Um, I do think that the side activities, for me, for whatever reason, they didn't stay on par with other open-world games as far as keeping my interest and in wanting to, you know, to check off every section of the map. But I... All I've been thinking about since being in this podcast were those sales figures you mentioned. And I was thinking about uh, how I got the game three weeks after it came out. And I remember getting texts from people who they just, I'm their friend that plays video games type of thing. When they would ask me, right. hey, have you played the new Spider-Man game? Played the new Spider-Man. And I remember getting this interest from people that, that, that normally maybe aren't that, you know, invested in the video game ecosystem. And from a 
Spider-Man fan's perspective, or even a fan of, let's say, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or a fan of superhero movies, I think that this is absolutely worth checking out. Um, I think that the the story they tell here, the Spider-Man story, is is very good. It's as good, if not, I mean, it's on par with all of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Uh, I think it's interesting and engaging, written well, acted well. So just from a story perspective, I think this one, especially at any type of discounted price, um, is worth checking out. I still have my qualms with the combat. I still have my qualms with the side stuff. I'm hoping um, that that's stuff that I gel with for the second time around. But if not, I'll still probably be there to see where they take the narrative. So all in all, I'm not disappointed in it or, or, or upset that I put time into it. Um, but I will go into the next one with maybe a little bit less expectation of the world pleasing me on the whole. Hmm. Thanks, Brian. Yes, so I saved this for a couple of years, I guess, almost, before playing it. And my initial experience, I was really knocked out by the first few hours I spent with the game. And mostly that has persisted. I think there is an argument that if you do everything, you can definitely get to a point where there's a bit of burnout. And yeah, some of the some of the skirmishes, particularly in the towards the back end of the game and the DLC as well, can be a little bit beyond the kind of level of demand that I necessarily want from a kind of all action spectacular, just have it play it and have fun kind of superhero AAA experience. But yeah, overall, I think this is a, it feels like, although it is very much an expensive top tier AAA product, it feels like one that is a labor of love. Uh, It has a lot of charm, even if some of the quips and so on wear thin after a while, Overall, the performances, I think, are pretty good. Uh, the script, without being dazzling, is more than competent. Um, but the the the, the visualisation and the implementation of the city uh, and Spider-Man within it, that's what the game is absolutely built around and hangs on. The fact that you can just jump in and out of that full-blown open world locomotion to bits of combat you can literally slam yourself down from the tallest skyscraper onto the street below and knock everyone flying and start a fight and then swing off and go somewhere and do something else that's where for me the appeal of this game lies and yeah i find myself thinking about the combat even when i'm not doing it for me actually although it's far more uh it's got more verticality and and obviously just more 3d to it I actually feel like games like this, when done well, like this one, I think is more of a spiritual successor to games like Streets of Rage than a lot of other things. This is I'm talking in the a few days after the latest Streets of Rage 4 has come out, which is very much a deliberate throwback and very much a direct sequel to what's gone before. But in terms of the parts of my brain that it makes happy, the sort of managing of assailants and the that sort of uh, that fine balance of feeling fragile but also like a bit of a badass i think uh albeit in those games you tend to be just a hard guy in this you're a person who can jump ridiculous heights and throw webs and do all kinds of crazy stuff there's actually a similar kind of hook to it for me and that is the thing that i keep thinking about going back to as well as just being in the city looking at the the golden light off the off the the sea and and uh, and the rain at night and all that stuff actually just webbing more goons uh, just endlessly entertains me so yeah absolutely recommended and especially at the ludicrous price you can now get this for on PSN if not 
on a disc. James. Yeah, as, as I mentioned, I was not sure I was going to play this game. I was uh, definitely intrigued by it, but I kind of felt like maybe it wasn't going to hit me in the right spot, and I could not have been more wrong and more glad that I gave it a chance because Hitman 2 aside, this was certainly at the time, I've not done a, a head count since on games from 2018 I played after the fact. This was absolutely one of my favourite experiences of 2018. Absolutely one of my favourite and most enjoyable superhero gaming experiences. Um, including Batman Arkham games, right up there with Arkham Asylum as my favourite of, of those. Um, it, I absolutely accept that it, it, pulls from other games like Arkham Asylum, it pulls from other games like Grand Theft Auto in, in some respects, uh, in terms of building the city. The locomotion I think stands head and shoulders above anything I've seen uh, Assassin's Creed games might be the only thing that I, I would put on a par with it in terms of just a person moving through the world. I I loved every second of that and I think the most important thing for me was that the love for the Spider-Man character came through in spades. They showed, uh, Insomniac showed a lot of respect for and deference to what had come before. And I think they, they threaded a needle uh, very, very well in taking stuff that was familiar in the story and the characters and what knowing what people's expectations would be, um, but also making what I, get, I guess uh, I understand for some people are um, not necessarily favourable or, or good or, or beneficial choices, but I don't think it's, uh, I think it's undeniable they were bold choices, what they did with making this a different universe, making this their own Marvel's Insomniac's Spider-Man universe. Yeah. Um, I really loved the way they did that and the way that they did subvert little things, but they didn't change the overall. Um, and, uh, and, I, I do worry playing the DLC with having a hammerhead who went full Ed 209 by the end. It it got a little ridiculous for me, and I worry about that, si that sense of escalation where they go in a sequel. How many more villains need to be in there? How many more heroes need to be in there? Do we get to Spider-Man 3 syndrome? It's always it the way. It's how it always goes yeah. down in the end, isn't it? I mean, only the um, MCU has navigated this, arguably. And and I I have a lot of faith in Insomniac too, and, and the only things I can point to for that are when I got to the end of the DLC today, I was absolutely 100% going to, I'm going after this recording to mop up the other stuff in the DLC, and I want to try a New Game Plus playthrough. And the silliest thing, but the, the thing that hit home for me was the very final, the post-credit sequence of the DLC is... Peter and Miles stood next to one another on top of a building. Miles is going to learn to use web, um, the web sw swinging basically for the first time. He's going to use his his um, his webs for the first time. And you see, Peter jumps off and swings away. Miles jumps off and starts falling, like screaming because he doesn't know how to do this. I really, I so wanted them to do exactly what they did at the beginning of the game with Peter, where they just have you swing as miles and then just cut it there and they didn't but the fact that i really wanted that i wanted that chance for a split second to take control of miles tells me that i am so excited for a sequel to this game yeah mm. josh you similarly excited yeah i i i i can't wait for a sequel to this game i'm i'm so on board with um insomniac's vision of this character in this world 
Um, it's like I can point to like a couple of examples of games that we've covered on the on the Kane Rinse podcast where I felt like really a real palpable sense, and we talked about this all the way through this recording, but like a real palpable sense that the people creating it not only know their stuff, but they absolutely adore every aspect of the property that they're playing with. Like examples I could point to are like Batman Arkham Asylum. And, you know, Alien Isolation, mm. as different as that game is, yeah, it yeah. has a similar quality of just really well observed and and getting to the core of why this this iconography, why this imagery has stood the test of time. Um, and there's so much. They, they've got such a solid foundation here. I, I do agree with some of Brian's um, issues with the side content, but I feel like there's such a strong foundation here that that stuff can be addressed in a sequel. Like the, the, the side stuff, the open world, that can be fleshed out now that the combat and the locomo- locomotion is in place. I don't need that stuff to change as dramatically. So like, spend that time to, to build out the other aspects of the game. And there are so many great villains that they haven't used. And I do worry that, you know, what James mentioned about the overcrowding, mm. but they did such a good job of juggling the villains that they had in this game and understanding that, you know, Rhino and Scorpion, they're heavies. They're not the masterminds. They're just there to punch. It's Doctor o- It's characters like Dr. Octavius and uh, Mr. Negative that should be taking the lead. And the fact that they haven't, like, I, I thought that the Green Goblin was going to be in this game. You see Norman Osborn there, and mm. I just, I thought he was going to be the one who turned. But no, he's being saved. And there's just, Green Goblin, as ridiculous as that character looks, is actually <laughs> a really great villain. Like, there's tons of really interesting story threads associated with that character. Um, Venom looks like he's being set up as well. Equally, you know, iconic visual style could be mm. interesting with similar power set to Spider-Man. And then come on, my boy Mysterio. Like after <laughs> after um, Far From Home and, and Jake Gyllenhaal's portrayal, I'm so, so eager to see um, a interactive version of that power set and how creative and crazy that can get. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I love this game and I can't wait to see what happens next. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. It remains for me, Leon, to thank Brian, James and Josh, as well as our correspondents and to you for listening. And to tell you that next time in issue 418, Helmets On, Wands Out, Beat Saber.